In the next hour, we want to put a smile on your face, elevate your endorphins, and bring you happiness. Welcome to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. We spend so much of our lives chasing happiness, it might just be where you least expect it to be. Natalie and her guests are going to show you how and where to find it. And now, your host, Natalie Botros. Welcome, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. Welcome to my show, Say Yes, Be Happy, where each week we find the happy, the positive, the silver lining of our life. And each week I take, I decide to take a different subject of our daily life. And this week we're going to talk about something very important, the body positivity, how to be able to love and accept yourself and your body and not try to fit in in a cookie cutter. Mm. Could you imagine that approximately 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape? I think that's really scary. And then the worst is like only 5% of women naturally possesses the perfect body, let's say, according to American media. So today to, to talk about this, I have a special guest and let me introduce you to my guest. My guest, having struggled with her own eating food, weight, and body image challenges, founded Shaping Perspectives a woman, and A Woman Way to Joy, and wrote a book, The Body Joyful, My Journey from Self-Loading to Self-Acceptance, which actually came out today. So we're going to celebrate that all together. She is the leader of the Body Joyful Revolution community, a global online source of support, encouragement, and inspiration for women of all sizes, shapes, and weights. Her mission is to impact the next generation by saying no to diets and rejecting society's thin ideal so we can help reduce body shaming, bullying, and weight bias. Please welcome Anne Poirier. Hello, Anne. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I'm good. First of all, congratulations. Your book is out today. It must be so exciting. And you must be a little freaked out that yesterday we lost Facebook. <laughs> yes, a little bit. But uh, yeah, very excited. It's been a long time coming and you wait and you wait and you wait and all of a sudden it's there and it's out and it's live and it's in the world and you freak out a little bit, but it's all good. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. So yeah. and let's start from the beginning. How did everything start? Tell us your story. Okay. Well, it does start, I believe that there's a, a part of it is because I was adopted. So I was adopted, you know, young at four months old uh, into a family who, uh, a wonderful family, a mother and father. And I was, looked nothing like my brother. I was a little chubby. Um, my dad used to call me the chubby little baby. My mother <laughs> would call me stocky, right? Stocky and sturdy um, and built like, a, you know, built like a truck. <laughs> so you get right. these kind of messages, right? Yeah. Early on in life. And really what happened for me was that uh, I had a series of different messages that came in that I took. My perspective was that I, my body was wrong. Like my, I don't look like my brother. My brother was adopted too. My body doesn't look like the other kids in school. Something must be wrong with me. And one of the very first messages I got, other than the chubby and the stocky from my parents, was uh, a nickname that the boys in the neighborhood called me. And the boys in the neighborhood are boys, right? 10, 11, 12 years old. And they called me this nickname, Annie Fanny Farmer. And so I write about this in the book, this 
Annie Fanny Farmer, I can look at it back at it now and it's very harmless. It's just a nickname that boys do. But I took it to mean that I was fat. Fat Fanny, like Fanny was the only thing that I heard. And then Fat Fanny kind of put together with chubby and stocky, right? So there's these seeds get planted within our, just our stories, our experiences of growing up. And then as soon as we have something that we're thinking about, our brain just starts to want to prove it to you. So you see it more and more and more. And that's exactly what happened for me, you know, in that 10, 11, 12 age group. And I just went on my first diet at 12 years old and my diet ended me up in the hospital with anorexia nervosa. So I had a, I just spun out of control with my own image, my own body image. And I, I hated myself. And so this dieting was the starting point and dieting is a precursor to eating disorders and disordered eating. So it's important to kind of shed light on that too. Right. Uh, I did have a great mom who really was um, religious on trying to find some help for me. So I came out of this eating disorder about three years later, I was hospitalized for a little while um, and I, I got better enough but the messages were too strong. They were too ingrained. They were really planted in my brain. And so I continued to struggle through college um, in and out of um, dieting one diet after another, gaining weight, losing weight, never feeling good enough. No matter what weight I was, it was never good enough. And you know, I'm sure the listeners can remember a period of time of where they look back, right? And they go, what was I so worried about? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it's true, right? So this journey just lasted a lifetime. I actually went into fitness and was a fitness professional for 30 years, 30 plus years, really. And so that just fed my disorder. And I just continued to beat myself up, um, binging, purging, over-exercising, all of those things just to fit into what I thought I was supposed to look like, this society's thin ideal. Yeah. It's that's, crazy. It, it is crazy. But, you know, like we all have, I'm, I'm sure like most of the women relate to this. I used to, I mean, I wasn't chubby. I wasn't skinny, but I started my first diet when I was 10 too. I was in a boarding school and I started because everybody was doing it. I'm like, if I don't do it, they're going to say, ah, you're fat. Why you're not doing it? So I would do it just to do it. And then later on talking about eating disorders, again, it's like, it's my ignorance. I was like, Okay, so I can eat whatever I want. And if I throw up that food, it means that I didn't eat it. So I would like force myself to throw up until someone told me, are you crazy? This is disgusting, (laughs) you know? But I mean, like, this is like the kind of uneducated mentality that we have when we're kids. And then like, we hear all this, we, we see all these magazines, everything. And we're tempted to follow the latest diet or starve ourselves. And when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we only see a monster, which yes. is totally wrong. And I think your community is helping kids, young women, to not have this deformation, you know, of their set of themselves in the mirror. That's exactly right. Because we we can only start to look at ourselves differently. It's society. It's everywhere. It's everywhere you look. It's everywhere you turn. You can't go into a coffee shop and have a um, get a cup of coffee without hearing a conversation about somebody on a diet. Of course. <laughs> right. And so I, I think one of the things that really helped me in, in my own journey of trying to figure this whole thing out, I said, there's got to be a, 
there's got to be a different way is the research, you know, the research on dieting. And anytime that we restrict our intake or diet, uh, it just sets us up for failure because 95% of diets don't work. There's studies and researches out there. So why would we ever take a pill that would only work for us 5% of the time? You know, if we were to take a, a, a um, antibiotic for an infection, we're not going to take the one that only has a 5% success rate. Of course. We're going to take the one with a 95% success rate. So why do we continue to turn back into dieting behavior? Because that's what society puts in our face and tells us we're wrong the way we look as we are. Of course. So do you think that we all have, we, we should all follow the same diet or we should all like, define like the right diet for us? Like what is like the first step to, to get to on the right track? I think the biggest thing is to stop turning to the, turning to the external, looking outside of you mm -hmm. to find out what's going to work for you. We're all so different. Our bodies are different. We're, we're built differently. We have different genetics. We have different stories. We have different traumas. We have so many things that are different that it's starting to turn into yourself and tune into your body. How does this food make me feel? When am I hungry? What does hunger feel like? What does fullness feel like? Am I satisfied? Like all those little questions that we never even question ourselves to ask about food because we think that we're supposed to be on a specific plan. Yes. No, it's true. And so what was, let's go back to your story. What was the trigger that woke you up? <laughs> it was actually, I was, I know it's a very, it's, it's called the trigger point, right? It's because yeah, yeah, it's exactly, it it's usually what happens, right? Um, I was in a hospital uh, waiting to get a, a surgery on my knee. My knee had been, you know, hurt since college and I continued to pound on it and run on it and make it weaker and weaker and weaker. And so I was actually going in to get a surgery so that they could help me continue to beat myself up. Basically, they were going to break part of my leg and straighten out my knee so that I could continue to pound on it and continue to be the fitness professional that I thought I needed to be until they went in and saw that it was not, it was not a feasible surgery for me. So when I came out and the surgery wasn't done and I had my whole life planned out that this was the way I'm supposed to live. This is the way I'm supposed to be our identity. My identity was connected to my fitness and my strength and all of those things that I held on to as my identity. And when they couldn't do it, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of lost at that point. And that's when I, I call it a step back. That's when I stepped back and started to look at my life a little differently. And there's got to be a better way there's got to be a different way. This isn't working. Mm -hmm. This dieting and over-exercising and beating myself up all the time isn't working. So what else is there? Is there another way? How can we, how can we change the way we see ourselves? And that's kind of the turning point. So I ended up going back to school and that's where I learned about some of this research and, I, and you know, saying to myself, why didn't anybody tell me all of these things, right? We don't, yeah. we don't know. We don't get all that information until we go searching for it. Of course. So, yeah. Of course. And then like, we were, we're like so stuck in our like image and like obsession about the weight loss that we're like, okay, if I exercise all day long, 
I can eat whatever I want. You know, we always make like these little like silly deals with ourselves. But so how old were you when like you came to this realization? It was, I was 49. <laughs> so it took a while. Yeah. But until then, you were not an anorexic anymore. You were just like, you were just. Disordered eating, compulsive exercise, you know, so uh, depression, anxiety, those kind of. Yeah. Different, different. I had different uh, demons, if you want to call it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Or numbing mechanisms, things that I didn't have to feel. So I would just go running. I would just um, eat a bunch. I would um, drink too much. I would, you know, those are the things that were keeping me kind of stuck in, in these patterns. So it was a, it was a long period of time of uh, different types of addictions. And so I did, I reached out for help and I got a, a therapist to help me, you know, work through this and I get mm -hmm. some medication. So it takes a team You know, of if course. you suffer from um, body dysmorphia or eating disorders or disordered eating or yo-yo dieting, it, it takes, number one, a decision to say, how is this working for me? And do I want to continue to live like this? And then number two, what's the help I need? You know, being honest with ourselves and what am I, what do I need? What do I need? Where am I, where do I continue to turn to get my fix on <laughs> whether, yeah. whether it's dieting, right. Which, I mean, I would spend hours looking for the next diet of hours course. and hours and hours. This has got to be the one, this has got to be the one, this has got to be the one. Yeah. Right? And then you'll hear about like this, you know, I will call them like the little black dress of the diet. And you will hear that everybody lost like so much weight you will try, but what we don't know is that our, our friends or neighbors diet can be our poison. Yes. I mean, I went to the extremity to inject myself with HCG or hormones. <laughs> like I was like literally stabbing myself every day <laughs> with this needle yeah. and then like injecting myself hormones, like pregnancy hormones. So yeah. I know what you mean when we, we go to those extreme crazy places and then we think that it's going to work. And mm -hmm. even if people around us tell us, stop doing this, but like, oh, you don't understand me. Right. 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 It's exactly right. We can't. We're in our own mind. We have our own our own minds made up that this is going to work and this of is course. what I need. Right. Yeah. And so, that's why we keep searching. Exactly. <laughs> My listeners are mostly, I'm, I'm sure, the parents. What would you advise them if they see some of the these patterns on their on their daughters, on their kids? What they yeah. should do? That I think that's why the community is so important, right? The goal of the community is to start to change the conversation around all of this for to create better role models for our young, you know, our young kids. And so taking a look at your own uh, eating behavior, your own body image, your own self-talk, right? Are you looking in the mirror getting dressed and there's a pile of clothes on the floor and you're pulling at your clothes and you're, you know, talking about different I hate my body. I hate this part. Oh, this makes me look fat. All of those conversations that we have with ourselves. Yeah. That's, that's um, kind of a, a light to say, hey, maybe this isn't great for my daughter or son to hear. Right. So taking a look at ourselves is, I think, one of the first steps. How is our own relationship with our yeah. body and with food and with exercise and movement? Yeah. So. And I think we shouldn't tell to our daughters, you should lose some weight or, you know, like 
even if it's in a nice way, unless like she has health problems, we should mm-hmm. really like avoid seeing those words. I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Disconnecting the body with worth and value and who a, who a person is because we're so much more than that. And yet in this society, in this culture, it's all attached to the size of our bodies. Right. Of course. But right now, like the kids, young women, they have access to all those social media, all those, you know, like ads about losing weight when they take this magic or that magic pill. So how can a parent just cut that, you know, like avoid that? Is there any tip that you can give? I know that it's like, it's a hard question because I don't know if it's, there is a way because if kids wants to do it, they will do it. But Right. I, and I think it's understanding what damage it's doing to them. And are there ways that you can limit it? Uh, one of the things that I do with all my clients is to clean up their own social media feeds. If you're seeing things that are continuing to make you feel bad about yourself, let's shift them. Let's change them. Let's find positive role models, find other things that are going to come into your stream that are, that are empowering, they're supportive, they're encouraging versus demeaning and degrading and all of those things. But when it comes to kids, it makes it really difficult because we can, we can control what we can control. Um, but it is about trying to notice their special qualities versus uh, rolling in towards what they look like or their clothes fitting, or how they are, how they're dressed, and how their appearance is. Can we look past that and look at their talents and their qualities and their gifts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if um, if a little kid doesn't eat, shall we push the kid to eat, or we should let people? You know, like I'm, when I'm talking <laughs> young kids, like you know, like two three years old, we should just like let it be and let them start eating when they're hungry. <laughs> well, talking to them about what does it feel like to be hungry, you know. Do you, when do you, you know, when do you, what does it feel like? Are you, are you hungry? Are you really hungry? Or is it just because there's uh, ice cream for dessert that you know that that's what's there or something like that? So there's, there's a lot of um, connotations that we have around food. You know, food's been used for, uh, for um, punishment, right? No, no dessert, or it's been also used for celebration. Oh, you got an A. Oh, you won the game right? Yeah. Or, or you fell and scraped your knee. So it's, it, we have to try to disconnect food from all of those from, things yeah, too. As a reward or a punishment. I mm-hmm. want to talk more about this, but we're going to take our first break. We're talking with Anne Poirier about the body positivity, loving and accepting your body and not hating the image that you see on the mirror, because like, it's all about you. And it's the first step about your happiness. We will be back just after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all yet are missing the most important thing to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. 
Whatever your budget, Natalie, the Happiness Fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. I'm talking with Anne Poirier about loving and accepting your body and stopping that hate that we all put to our body and, you know, try to lose the weight and fit the cookie cutter. So during the break, I got a question. Actually, it's from Laura Clark. I think you know her. Mm-hmm. Yes, she I says, do. Tell, and tell the story <laughs> about how you let your girls choose what they ate when they were kindergarten age. I love that you were practicing this with these many moons ago. Mm, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was restricted. So thanks, Laura. And hi. Um, I was restricting my, my parents were restic- restricting me when I was young. And so when you have that and suffer from eating disordered behavior and all of that, food just, I didn't want that for my daughters. I let them choose whatever they wanted. And what was really, I think, one of the hardest pieces for me was getting together with family because the family had completely different food rules than I had for the girls. So I I have two girls, they're adults now, but it was, what do you want? Do you want mac and macaroni and cheese for breakfast? Sure, fine. That's fine, right? It didn't have to be the way that society tells you you're supposed to eat. So that's one of those pieces where yeah, let's let's find a way to work with our kids so that we're not restricting and we're not pushing, like you were saying. We don't want to be pushing them to eat, and we also don't want to be restricting them yeah. to eat certain foods. So you will let them eat macaroni and cheese in the morning and then they will like ask this every morning because my niece used to ask rice, white rice every day, every morning. And she will like, we will get that. Even when we're on the, on the trip, we will have to ask for a white rice. You know, if you have toast, it's a, so if you think about what's in macaroni and cheese or what's in rice, it's just a different form of a, of a complex carbohydrate, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> what does it really matter what form it comes in? Because a lot of kids have, um, well, adults too, I do, texture issues. So there are certain textures that, oh, I don't like that texture, but oh, I like that texture. I need something to chew or I need something soft or I want something warm or I want something cold. All those questions we don't tend to ask ourselves, but they're really great questions to ask. What do I want? Do I want something sweet? Do I want something sour? Do I want something savory, right? What is my body asking for? But if your body keeps asking for pizza and burgers, then you will, you will have an unhealthy diet at the end. I mean, there is, like, there is a limit. So when, when do you have to put the stop? Well, I think it's all about 
realizing how those foods interact with you too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you hungry when you eat them? Are you enjoying them? Are you eating slow? Are you distracted? Are you just shoving them down? Are there people around that uh, you feel like this is what everybody's doing, right? Or so there's all these other little pieces of information that we want to dive into. You know, our hamburgers, some people do have hamburgers every day, right? Does that mean they're unhealthy? It depends. We'd have to look at some of their blood work, right? And yeah. other things. It's, it has It has nothing to do with because some people can metabolize certain foods easier than others. So, so it's, I really take a step back and take a look at what foods work for us um, and satisfy us. Because if we restrict burgers and pizza, what's the only thing you're going to want for the rest of your life? Burgers and pizza, right? (laughs) If I can't have them, that's what we want. So it's how do we integrate that into our day? And then we talk about, is it giving you the proper nutrition? But as opposed to taking it out, let's see what we can do with it instead. Yeah. So in the community, in the Body Joyful Revolution community, you help, you teach women how to eat right, how to find their happy food, let's say. <laughs> how, how does it work? Tell us a little bit about that before we talk the book. That's okay. <laughs> the, um, the Body Joyful Revolution came about from the book, right? Mm-hmm. It, just knowing that we need a village because we're fighting an uphill battle. This is a battle that's been around for a lot of years. Um, we're supposed to look a certain way. And if you go back, even just through the 1900s, the, the ideal body changed quite a bit. Still small, small in stature, but different shapes. And so we're, we're having a different conversation. So the Body Joyful Revolution is a community where we're changing the conversation around food, where we're changing the conversation around movement and exercise. Let's just have some fun moving our body. Let's not worry about uh, calories or time or heart rates. Let's move our bodies so that we can do live our lives the way we want to live our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Develop strength and mobility so we can um, walk the park or play with our grandkids on the floor or do those kind of things. And we talk about food in this real intuitive way. Let's tune into our bodies. It was like what I was saying before. Let's not look externally for how I'm supposed to eat or what I'm supposed to eat. Let's tune in internally because believe it or not, our body will start craving salad or peas or, or broccoli or steak, you know, or yeah. chicken <laughs> or right. It just depends. Sometimes it needs a protein. And so it actually will ask once we've quieted um, all of the noise around what society and our parents and ourselves have told us we should and shouldn't have. Yeah. Right. We step away from the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and tune more into, into me, into what I need. And you and I will be different. Of so, course. I mean, right. by our individuality, we all have different needs. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we, 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 make, we laugh with my boyfriend who, if we order pizza, he, he takes the leftovers. You know, he orders like that huge one. And then he goes like, I'm on the pizza diet. And then he, when I see him again, like his stomach is like a little flatter. I'm like, what happened? Did you like stop, be, started the diet? He goes, no, it's my pizza diet. <laughs> it worked for me. I'm like, well, not, not every day. <laughs> <laughs> and how long would that last, right? So there's, yes. Well, I think he will eat that every day if I let him. (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't eat veggies. So that's like our biggest problem. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So it's finding different ways to get veggies in, right? Exactly. So there's lots of, yeah, there are lots of ways to, to help us 
get the foods that we need, right? Yeah. That our bodies need. Of right, course. So mm-hmm. let's talk about your book that's coming okay. out today. Today. Tell us exactly. So what <laughs> triggered you to, I mean, I'm sure that all this triggered you to write this book, but let's, you know, what is this book about? It, well, it is about, and I talked a little bit about it in that first, in the first segment about these seeds that get planted in our brains uh-huh. about who we are or what we are supposed to look like or supposed to be. Um, it's, it's very similar to a family that is, say, um, in religion, and then they're, the, the young people in their family are pushed towards religion or pushed towards um, medic, the medical profession or pushed towards. So those are very similar. This is just a body piece that comes from just day-to-day experience, experiences and uh, things that have happened. The, the, what I find fascinating is no one's meaning to make you feel bad about yourself. It's all in um, either caring or wanting you to be healthy or not wanting you to be teased or picked on, right? So it's always, I shouldn't say always, but it's mostly done in love, but how we interpret it is different. So how we interpret it, the messages that we see. So the book is about all these little seeds that were planted in my own brain to have me make decisions along my life that didn't really serve me. Although now I look back and they all served me because this is, this is who I am now. You know, I've come through, I've heard a lot of people, I've lied, I've, you know, I've done a lot of things that aren't good for myself and for others. And I lay that out in the book and I, and I see this connection of not liking myself Self, I use that strong word, self-loathing, because that, for much of my life, I would fall back into that over and over and over again. And when you don't like yourself, you make certain decisions around that. You know, you're seeking attention or you're seeking acceptance or you're seeking something. So, you make a decision that really doesn't suit you. And yet, you still make it because this is what I think I should do or this is what he says I should do, or she says I, sh- I should do, or I want to make my parents proud, or I want to make um, somebody else proud, my partner proud. And so I make these decisions. And so I think that's part of this, this thread that strings this book, a book goes through all basically, it's a, it's a memoir through a lot of my life until I came to this tipping point and started to step back and go, wait a minute, there's got to be another way. And I just share yeah. all my my all my mess, all my, <laughs> you know, the the way that I moved through my journey, and how I came out the other side, really trying to see things differently, and who helped, you know, what what kind of tools helped me, and what kind of tools didn't help, you know, to offer some different ideas for people and thoughts for people. Of course, so. and so this this book does it. Does it offer some tips for people who went through the same? I mean, we're not going to tell everything about the book so people can get it, but you know, like, <laughs> does that give like little tips on how to manage and you know, like, shut up those internal and external judgmental noises about our body? Mm-hmm. It absolutely does because I talk about uh, the voices in our head because we all have these voices in our head of and course. I've named, right? I've named all of mine. So I have these voices that I talk about in the book that were my mini me's were my 
destructive, the destructive side. And then I had to cultivate um, a different voice, a more compassionate voice, a more supportive voice, a kinder voice. And so we talk about how to do that and what does that look like? And it's no wonder that those negative voices keep jumping back into the picture because they've been around, they're feeling left out. They want to, they want to, you know, make their voice heard. So that's, you know, so I talk about a lot of different types of tools that you can use to stop and start to hear your voice and hear the way that you approach things. And that's one of the biggest tips is how can we pause for a second and take a deep breath and ask ourselves, is this helping, helping me or hurting me when it comes to a lot of different things? And so there's sections of the, the end of the book where we go through, what do we want and how do we want what's healthy for me? You know, I ask people to define their healthy. What does healthy look like for you? Not for me, not for society, not for your parents, but for you. What does that look like? And so that's kind of how we we walk through this journey. There's a little uh, cliff notes at the end, too, that people can take a look at the different <laughs> tools that are there. And not every tool is going to work for everybody. Of course. No, no, that's, that's for sure. But for example... We're human. I'm sure even today you get like sometimes those noises. How do you fight them? <laughs> <laughs> I notice them and I acknowledge them. I hear them. Okay. And my, my phrase is, oh, thanks for sharing. There you are. It's no wonder you're there. So I, I validate it. I hear it. I acknowledge it and I validate it. And then I take a deep breath and I go, you know, not today. You can step to the back of the bus. I'm going to turn this way and I'm going to look this way. We get so tunnel vision in our thoughts, just like we do with other things. So we're widening the scope, stepping back, widening the vision and opening up our, our eyes for something different. And that's when I recruit my, my little Maxine and have her, have her come in and help me out a little bit. So, <laughs> but I do, I do listen. I, I hear them and I listen to the negative voices because if you tend to ch- try to shut them out, I think they come in even stronger. Yeah, they and get they, friends yeah. and they, they yeah. attack all together. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so how do you do to... How do you help people to have the self-love and about themselves and their body? Because, yeah. I mean, I've been through that. You've been through that too. When we look in a mirror, the only thing that we see, it's fat. It's ugly. It's a monster. I, I would think that I look like a monster. Although, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure I, I didn't, but it's how, how we feel. So how do you switch that look at themselves in the mirror? Mm. And that's a really great question. And, and by... I use, I think about body image in itself as on a continuum, right? One side of the continuum is this loathing, hatred, disgust, not liking ourselves or our bodies. And if we use this as just a body image continuum, one side is very, very negative. And the other side is this body love. And what happens if you're on the self-loathing, body-loathing side, self or body love seems not even possible. It's just, that'll never happen to me. I'll never get there. And so what I try to do is pull people, slowly walk them up this body image continuum to a place in the middle called, and you hear a lot about it right now, body neutrality. And body neutrality is let's not look at our body as good or bad. You know, it's it's our body. This is the body that we are in. And what does it do for us versus Um, What do I hate about it? If we focus, always looking in the mirror and focusing on what we hate about our bodies, that's 
going to just expand and get bigger and bigger and louder and the voices get louder and meaner, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> so pausing when that happens and this takes practice and this takes patience with yourself and this takes compassion, all skills that we need to learn as we step into wanting to make a change. I don't want to hate myself anymore. I don't know if I can love myself, but at least I don't, I know that I want, I don't want to hate myself. And so walking slowly up this continuum into a place where what can my, what can my body do for me? Oh, I can smell um, coffee, the coffee brewing downstairs, or I can hug with my arms, my daughter and give her a tight squeeze or hold my new grandbaby. You know, those, those are the things that I start to, we start to talk about what can your body do for you? What are, what are those things? And can we start to put a little bit more uh, emphasis and focus on the things it can do versus that all the things it can't do or what it looks like? Right? Exactly. Like go, mm-hmm. go deeper about your body and its functions, let's say, you know, like, like the loves that it can give instead of saying, oh, it doesn't look good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you, one of the exercises I do um, is I ask people if, if they had one person that really, you know, likes them. So, you know, if, if Laura's out there watching, I know she likes me. So why does she like me? What kind of attributes do I have that she likes me? Right. Or why do I like her? And when we do that exercise and I ask the question, does it have anything to do with the size of, of their body? It's always no. It's their sense yeah. of humor. It's because they listen. It's because they're... Of course. You no, know, it's all of those other things. And to really start to say, wait a minute, I, my body is just my container. It's just the vessel I'm kind of traveling here in this world with. It, it doesn't <laughs> define me. It's not my worth. It's not my value. Just because it's smaller or bigger doesn't make it better or worse. It just is that it, that's it's that's its vessel. That's the vessel that I am here with. So how can I take care of it? Right? Yeah, I I love that. I really, really love that. We're about to take our second break. And when we come back, I want to talk about more about this because I have some, some points and I have some comments and remarks coming in. So I see you. I'm, I'm Natalie Botros talking with Anne Poirier about body positivity, loving and accepting yourself. I see you just after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all, yet are missing the most important thing, to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, what do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. 
The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at thebond-vivantgirl.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botrus, your host. I'm talking with Anne Poirier about loving and accepting your body. Just before the break, Anne was telling if you have a negative image of yourself, of your body, how to switch it to a positive one. For her, it was to stop looking how your body looks and start looking what can your body do. Give affection, love, care. And she was talking to one of our listeners, Laura, and she asked her, what do you think? <laughs> you know, like when you see me. And Laura answered, she, she has a fun, energetic heart that she shares with everyone. That's what I love about her. Mm-hmm. So it's true that you have that energy. So during, there is one thing that I should add too. Let's be honest. If the day, the last day of your life, the day that you passed away, people are not going to sit at the funeral and say, oh, she was a size two. Exactly. You know, <laughs> they're not, that's not going to be their concern. Their concern is going to be, she was a nice person. She was loving. She was a great mother. She was, you know, fun. So <laughs> don't focus on it as long as you're healthy, obviously. Right. We have right. Uh, Claudia who says, everything starts in your childhood. It's a tough subject to tackle. I'm sure both your attitudes put together is the perfect remedy. And she says the book should be a good read. <laughs> well, you have to get the book. We will put all the links. <laughs> it is a good read. I had the sneak peek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I am really excited about it. And for the target audience, I think people will will relate to it. Yeah. You know, so that's so what. Who I'm is saying. your target audience exactly? People, it's like only women or men too. Um, I I focus on women. And it is about people who don't feel good in their bodies, have um, negative body image, who uh, don't feel good about themselves, have possibly yo-yo dieted, right? And been on this kind of roller coaster, but seeing ourselves, I I named the company Shaping Perspectives because we want to look at our perspectives about ourselves, right? How can we see ourselves differently? How can we see exercise differently? How can we see the way we talk to ourselves? So once we start to do that, it does allow for for growth and for change. And that's going to ripple out, you know, that ripple effect is going to ripple out to our young people. You know, if you're a coach or if you're a parent um, or if you're around young people, any of those things that you, you get to show something different and share something different about being being you, what whatever that looks like for you. And it is about, are you silly, um, right? Are you very serious? Are you artistic, right? Are you curious? Are you creative? And thinking along those lines and allowing us to completely see ourselves in a different, in a different light than we've always seen ourselves in. And that's, I think, what makes it so hard is if we have 40 years of seeing ourselves one way, 
seeing ourselves a different way, looking in the mirror and seeing something different isn't going to happen overnight. It is going to take time. And yes, I've had, I've had people say, well, my fingernail is good. I'm like, good. Yeah. Let's start there. Right. We'll start anywhere. It, it, it is a journey and it is one step at a time and it is not looking to necessarily love your body right now. Eventually, maybe we'll get there, but right now let's just start appreciating it. And then we move into acceptance and then we'll move in more towards, you know, confidence and love, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey and it takes, it takes, it took us 40 years to get here, 30 years to get here. We just need to be patient and give it some time and slowly move our way towards a more positive outlook for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's so true. So I have another question coming in. Someone says, if someone comes to the community mm -hmm. and is overweight and it kind of like touches their health and loves eating, you know, like junk food, how do you help them? You know, that's the piece is when we come into um, talk about food and eating and weight, our society has said that if you are overweight or if you're in a large body, I use that term in a large body, then you, um, you're not healthy. And I ask people, do you know people in large bodies that are healthy? And usually everybody goes, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and there are people in large bodies that are unhealthy. There are people in small bodies that are healthy. There are people in small bodies that are unhealthy. Of course, health so, doesn't have a size. But I mean, if that person is really unhealthy, mm -hmm. I mean, like unhealthy has like health problems. How right. do you like help them? We take a, yeah. yeah, yeah. We take a look at what are the health problems, where are they coming from, and we look behind it. It's it's looking behind because there's usually reasons for why we may eat a certain way, right? Emotional mm -hmm. eating is this past year and a half, people have been cut from their lives the way that they normally live their lives, right? So there's been a lot of stress. So how do we look at the stress piece? How can we look at some you know, the weight becomes secondary. We look at other health markers. Of course. We start to look at all of those things. And then, you know, sometimes um, weight loss actually happens as a side effect of, of working towards other health markers, right? Exactly. But, but the society has said, oh, the weight loss will do it. And how can we, if we've tried and tried and tried and it's not successful, well, let's put that aside. We know it's there. It's still there, but let's look at some other things and, and other measures that we can start, you know, what are health behaviors to you? Oh, it's taking care of myself. Oh, it's um, getting outside. Oh, it's, um, you know, it, what is it for you? Exercise. Okay, well, what do you like to do? Right. So we kind of, we dive in and we take a different path than of the course. traditional right then the traditional okay spend yeah. a week drinking only water and like killing yourself although like fasting it's good for a little time to detox mm -hmm. your body but you know <laughs> like the, those diets where you eat like only three carrots the whole you know well i advise my clients to actually instead of staying in to go out because i think that when we stay home to do you know like those diets the only thing that we think about it's food if we're out we're thinking about the fun Mm -hmm. And even if we eat the pizza, we're not going to finish that pizza at home. We will finish, you know, the pizza, the crust, and then we will lick the box, you know, <laughs> right outside. Right. Like we have like this happy moment sharing with people. So it will be completely different. 
Right, right. A lot of times eating alone is is one of those things that we want to take a peek at, you know, like not just eating alone, but because we have we've have to a lot. But, you know, hiding or sneaking or, you know, which I, I have done. So I'm, the- I'm sure, of course. And then like, yeah. no, we say I didn't eat anything today. You know, we know mm-hmm. that actually you ate. It's snacking counts as eating as well or <laughs> while you're cooking, you know. Yes, Look, and then yes. like when they start telling like, but it was this, this, this. I'm like, well, actually you ate. Don't tell me you didn't eat, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. We have to look at it a little differently. That's all. Exactly. So, yeah. So we always take in health health. Um, you know, health issues, but we look, we, we, we come to them in a different, from a different direction than traditional. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. So what are your hopes for this book? That it gets into the right hands for the people who've been struggling for a long time, uh, like myself and who are deserving of happiness are deserving to say yes to themselves are deserving to see what's out there for them versus uh, not say yes to experiences, not say yes to taking pictures, not stay, say yes to meeting with friends, right? Yeah. You know, you think about your, um, the name of your podcast or your show, right? It is say yes to yourself. And that's kind of the first step on this journey that I'm, I'm worth taking care of. I'm worth taking a look at and, and using, um, letting myself come first, right? It's that self-care adage, but that's been shoved kind of aside too for, I think a lot of us, oh, self-care is selfish. You shouldn't, you know, no, you don't need yeah. to take it, but it's, it's really, you know, let's look at it all a little differently and start to be selfish a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, like you have to be selfish. There are some moments where you have to say stop and then take care of yourself. I think it's very, very important. Yeah. How we can't, we can't pour from an empty cup, right? You've heard that analogy. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. when we're empty and when we're giving and giving and giving, it's really difficult to continue to give. And usually our body starts to break down unless we're utilizing other methods like possibly binging or over-exercising or, or, or using, you know, drinking or drugs or, you know, other things to kind of keep us rolling. Mm-hmm. And so we have to kind of just look at that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you had to tell our listeners about making a hard change, what will be? <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. The, I, I always come back to this quote from Viktor Frankl, between a stimulus and a response, there's a space. And we have the same stimulus as every single day. Um, and our response is very similar most days. If we notice that there's a space in between the sim- stimulus and response, we have the ability to make a different choice. It's not easy. It's not, a, it's not comfortable. It's not familiar. And yet it's still available to us. And so that's, I think, one of the, one of the things that really helped me say, wait a minute, I don't, I'm tired. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want the same responses of, of self-hatred to myself over and over and over again. I'm done. What else can what else can be there? And then to widen that space so I can take a different look and and make a different choice. So I think it's important to know it's uncomfortable. I think it's important to know that sometimes it's hard, right? Yeah. And that it doesn't it it's just because we've never done it before. It's like trying to 
swing a hula hoop around for the first time. It falls to the ground and it falls to the ground and it falls to the ground. So, so it's just being determined and um, that you want to change and to choose, choose yourself, choose a change for you. And that's, that's what this is all about. I love it. I love it. So tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can buy your book. Tell us all the details. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy the book uh, anywhere. Books are sold. So Amazon or Indie Books or Barnes and Noble or any of those places you can buy the book. Um, you can also go over to the, the website, Shaping Perspectives, because um, we do have you know a little buy the book button there as well. I, um, the Body Joyful Revolution is a private Facebook community. It's free. There's lots of resources, lots of stuff there and different conversations going on there. So um, it is a woman only. So I apologize to the men. We'll see if there's a Body Joyful men coming out later. But right now <laughs> it's for women. So women 18 and you know up can, can join the Body Joyful Revolution and see what's happening over there and uh, get, get some information there too. Yeah. So, so we will yeah. put the link so you can have access, join and bring your daughters so they yes. can learn about this because we have to spread this message of body positivity. I think it's like, it's getting out of hand and mm -hmm. I see all those young women, you know, suffering from self-love and doing crazy, crazy diet. And I don't mm -hmm. want to, I want to put a stop to that. Right. Yeah. So before we go, I asked this to all my guests in a minute. What makes you happy today? What makes me happy? This makes me happy today. <laughs> There's a book coming out that's making me happy today. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, that doesn't normally always make me happy, but I will tell you that uh, sunrises and sunsets, um, the grass underneath my feet, the ocean waves, anything that uh, grounds me in nature makes me happy. So that's part of who I am, um, is allowing those moments to shine in my life. And um, that's, that's what makes me happy. That's great. So, yeah. And thank you so much for coming in. Again, congratulations for your book. You. Everyone, The Body Joyful, My Journey from Self-Loading to Self-Acceptance. Buy the book. It's amazing. And join the Facebook community. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone and to Anne as well. Again, thank you. My listeners, as thank usual, you. Thank, thank you. you for being here every week. And as usual, don't forget to show me some love on Apple Podcasts. Rate, comment, say how much you love me. <laughs> please, please, love. please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until next week, I'm saying bye. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. Please join Natalie Botros for another show next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to this program again or any of our past episodes on demand and on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, keep saying yes and find your happiness. Your happiness.